I see some of y'all smiling, so I know some of y'all are familiar with that show. Show of hands, who's seen Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide? Select, select bunch, maybe. So this show was was amazing. This was this was my childhood coming about the time I was in middle school. Ned Bigby and his friends did the impossible and gave us a school survival guide. And every episode there was some insurmountable challenge like what to do in the locker rooms whenever you have to get dressed in front of people or how to handle the awkwardness of walking into a cafeteria and finding the right table, what to do about the popular kids in school. And each week these three friends would go and they'd figure this stuff out. And what Ned always had was tips. He had amazing tips for helping you get through middle school. And um, I just grew up watching this and there's been times in my life where I've something's come to mind. I'm like, man, that's so good. That must be scripture. I'm like, no, that was Ned's Declassified back in like <laughs> sixth grade. And so he's got some really good advice. And, um, you know, the, the writers at Nickelodeon knew what they were doing, and they gave some really good advice to the middle school kids. And so I got to thinking about this, and, and this is what our uh, high school graduates next service are going to get as one of these is a survival kit. In in remembrance of Ned's Declassified, even though none of them have probably even seen the show, but I think it's cool, so I did it anyways. Um, so I thought, what if we did our own little survival kit this morning? Um, and this pertains, yes, to graduates, yes, to all of the students and kids that are moving up into the next grade. But I wanted to try to do a really good job of doing something that would hit all of us, no matter where we're at in life. I think that there's a survival tip in the mix for you this morning. So I proudly present to you this morning God's Declassified Life Survival Guide. It's the sermon title this morning. God's Declassified Life Survival Guide. Um, and as Ned says, r results may vary uh, depending on how you apply this to your life. You can choose to apply it or just leave it here this morning, and I will totally understand. So I've got just a few tips this morning of uh, things that I think that if Ned was a Bible-believing Christian, that he might would have given us. Um, so each of these things is going to be super practical, but also have a deeper spiritual meaning. So here we go. Here's tip number one for us this morning, is to charge up every day. Charge up every day. Now, I am thinking about my time in college and high school, um, and even today. I have to charge up many things. I am a, a Apple Maniac, and I really wasn't until I started working at New Life under the tutelage of Ryan Ogden. And now I am, once we literally just this week, I said something about it. And he said, Once you go Mac, you never go back. And that is the truth. And um, so I've got many devices that the night before I do anything, I have to make sure they're plugged in. Um, my fiance about hit me over the head when I, I bought this like charging pod thing. It's like a hundred bucks, but it charges all my devices at once. It's really cool, I promise. Uh, but I got I got my iPad, my my laptop, my Apple Watch, my phone. All these things ought to be charged up, or I don't function as well during the day. All these things connect to each to each other. They help me keep appointments and everything. So tip number one, whether you're in school or you're an adult, whatever it is, is charge up every day. Be sure you get those devices plugged in. How many of you walked around and you like you forgot to plug your phone in the, in the night before and you start going throughout your day and like oh my gosh I'm on three percent already and you're like having to plug it in the car between stops and just hoping it makes it yeah nobody likes that so charge up every day that's tip number one for today charge up every day my freshman year before I was on the the Mac train um and I was I was talking with Canon about this 
uh, Pastor Ryan and Miss Raina's son yesterday because he's getting all this money from graduation, and he's like, I don't, he's very awkward with it. He's like, I don't know what to do with this. People keep giving me things. Why is this all about me? I'm like, dude, you should just accept it. It's great. And I remember with all that money that I got high school year, I went and bought a very nice uh, laptop. And um, about halfway through college, this laptop, uh, not a Mac, uh, was losing power really bad. It was not holding a charge. I had to have it plugged in to get it to do anything, e- to even turn on. It had to be connected to power to even co- come on, and it had to stay connected. And this was very, very annoying. Um, and one night, I was trying to be funny for my friends. I ended up falling out of a desk in a study room, and I brought the whole desk with me with the laptop, and it cracked and shattered, and the laptop was no more. Um, but it was pretty useless without the charge going on in it anyways. So without a charge, things don't work. It's just a brick. You know, you, you got this amazing cell phone, all the wonders of the Internet. But without a charge, it's you're just holding a brick, basically. It's good for maybe throwing if someone's attacking you. But other than that, cell phone doesn't have much purpose without a charge in it. Um, and so this reminds me of, of Psalm chapter 1, 1 through 3, and it says this. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Meditating on it day and night, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So spiritual application that if we do not charge ourselves up every day, we too kind of are pointless. If, if we're not charging ourselves up spiritually, if we're not like uh, this person that the psalmist is talking about here who plants himself like a tree daily, day in and day out, meditating day and night on the Lord's word, recharging ourselves, revitalizing, getting in his word, um, then we don't hold much of a punch either. We don't hold much power either. Um, we cannot do much good without our daily charge. We cannot do it much good without a daily charge. So that's tip number one, is charge up every day. Tip number two from God's Declassified Life Survival Guide is it is okay to not feel ready. Don't panic. Don't panic. It's okay to not feel ready. Um, I, you know, I, I think that many seasons in life as we go, especially in times of transition, like, like this is today, it's a time of transition, um, oftentimes we don't feel like, man, I don't really feel like I have it together. I don't know that I, I'm ready. I'm not equipped stepping into a new job. Um, have I learned everything that I need to learn? Uh, the odds are no, you don't. <laughs> You're probably not ready. There's a lot that you have to learn still, and um, it's okay. Relax. It's okay to not feel ready for every single season, um, and we can compare ourselves to other people and see, well, they are so far ahead of me. Well, they've been at that job probably a lot longer than you. But they started off the same as you. I think that's important for us to remember. Anybody that we could possibly look up to, look at, and think, man, they got it going on. They got it going together. They're doing this job so well. They had to learn it at some point, just like you will. So don't panic. It's okay to not feel ready, to not feel equipped. Matthew 6, 33 through 34 says this. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Um, And then this is uh, 
Jesus talking here, but Paul says later, uh, or sorry, Peter, in 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And this is just such great comfort for me that if we seek first God's kingdom, that's most important. Scripture tells us everything else just falls in line after that. If we will put God first, if he is number one, top priority in our lives, um, then everything else falls in line. Anything we f- don't feel equipped to, if we don't feel ready for it, um, as long as God is first, everything else, Scripture says, um, will be taken care of. We'll have everything we need. And then right after, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has got enough worries of its own. We've got enough things to think about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't, don't panic. Um, and then I think this is a great point, too, that nothing can beat on-the-job experience. Nothing beats in-school experience as you're learning, as you're getting things under your belt. Um, there are so many things that I did not know how to do uh, before getting here. We have a running joke. I have a running um, list on my phone. of It's just called Things Pastors Do, and it's things like cleaning toilets and cleaning out the gutters and going to pick up mulch. And, you know, just things they don't teach you at a Bible school, at a Christian school. Uh, but this is on-the-job experience. It just forms you and molds you and shapes you. So don't be s- afraid. Don't panic. If you don't feel like you're up to it, you will get some on-the-job experience, and, and you'll be up to it. You will get in-school experience. You'll get to be up to the job. Um, and sometimes we learn uh, because we have to. Sometimes the best ways that I've ever learned is when somebody said, hey, this is yours to do do it, and you just get thrown headfirst into it. You don't have a choice. You've got to learn. Sometimes that is um, when I found I, I have learned the best and quickest. So tip number one, charge up every day. Number two, it's okay to feel um, not ready. It's okay to not feel ready. Don't panic. And then uh, tip number three is dress to impress. Tip number three, dress to impress. Um, how many of you know that based on the way you dress, if I like dress the way like you're kind of the mood you, f- you get up that morning, you kind of are like, all right, what's, what's it going to be today? If you're George Costanza from Seinfeld, um, S- Jerry looks at him and is like, what, I- what is this? this y- everything you wear is the same. Why do you have three bags you're taking on the trip? And George is like, seemingly. But inside every outfit, there are slight variations. George's like, uh, Jerry's like, well, what is this? And George goes, this is morning mist. Right? So there's subtle variations depending on mood. Um, but my encouragement for us is dress to impress, meaning... I know that if I get up and throw on a pair of joggers and a hoodie and head out the door, I'm setting myself up for a pretty chill day, pretty relaxed day. I'm not probably going to get a whole lot done. Um, but if I dress up a little bit, if I wear something I'm confident in, um, then I feel like, okay, I'm a little more ready to take on the day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you put on the right thing, it's just like you look in the mirror like, all right, it's not perfect. Got to see the work on here, but at least I'm dressed well. I feel like I can take on my day a little more. I know this was the case getting up for 9 a.m. classes um, at school. Uh, if I just threw on whatever and was, you know, up, you know, 10 minutes before I had to be sitting in a class, I was not focused. <laughs> I was not awake. But if I went on and got up, got a shower, got cleaned, picked out an outfit, got on Pinterest and found just the right thing that I wanted, you know. It's okay, men. We can be on Pinterest, I promise. There's cool manly things on there. There's camping tips. It's awesome. Just give it a try. It's, it's not bad, I promise. Um, I even started something at, uh, during my time at Lee called Spicy Mondays. Spicy Mondays. And that was uh, we were going to dress up and dress fancy uh, to fight the Monday blues. So I got my buddies in on this, and we wore suit and tie some of the days. 
or just 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 something where we class it up way more than normal. And it's just a Monday. It's just a normal Monday. Nothing's going on. We pass people on campus. What are you dressed up for? I'm like, dude, it's just a spicy Monday. And you need to get on board with it because you too uh, probably need to fight the Monday blues a little bit. And if you dress to impress, I promise you, you'll feel a little bit better. Um, so then Colossians 3, 12 through 14, and my poor Roots Crew students, they've heard this for three weeks already, um, but it's really good. Um, this is where we've been in our series called Garments on, on the past uh, three Wednesday nights. We've been talking about garments, times that clothing is talked about in Scripture, and it's a lot, as it turns out. There's a lot of talk about clothing in Scripture, but this has got to be my favorite. It's Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Um, since God chose you, to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, um, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So be clothed above all, all things in, in love. We've been talking about on Wednesday nights that there is an old nature that, that Paul is talking about in this scripture, um, and that needs to be thrown off. These things of, of the past, our sinful nature, um, those things are, are thrown off. Cast off all these things and put on the garments of, of peace, the garment of love. Um, so, so daily choosing to follow God and say, I'm, I am not who I was I might be tempted just to get up in the morning and be whoever and go back to my default of just relaxed and lazy and kick back and, and let my flesh do what it wants to do. But instead, have a spicy Monday and <laughs> wake up and say, no, I'm going to clothe myself in good things today. I am choosing you today, Jesus. I want to be clothed in your love and your strength and your peace. And I want to show that. I, I want people to look at me and say, oh, wow, that guy is clothed. That woman is clothed. In peace and kindness, I feel that when I'm around them. Um, so dress to impress. Dress to impress, tip number three. Um, charge up every day. It's okay to not feel ready. Dress to impress. Um, and then number four, um, trying to be popular isn't worth the hassle. That's tip number four, I think, is a really good one. Trying to be popular just isn't worth uh, the hassle. And this one I ripped off straight from the show. Uh, trying to be popular just isn't worth it. Um, and this is very, this is very much a, a school age thing where we're very concerned with the approval of others and and what people think about us. Um, but this carries on into adulthood too. Is is needing approval from others and what do they think about me? Am I on their good side? Do they even like me? Do, do I even like them? Why do I care what they think? <laughs> Trying to impress people. Um, it's something we we continue to face even after our our, our school years. Um, but here's what I try to tell my students, um, and hopefully I've said this enough that, that it sticks. If, if they don't remember this quote, then hopefully it's just one more time to nail it in. But we sat at graduation uh, yesterday down in Brunswick, and I was just watching the students come across the stage. And, and for me in high school, and, and I just see this every time I go to graduation, I have this thought of as soon as you walk across that stage, you shake your principal's hand, and you go down on the other side, whoever was popular – in high school, whoever had it going on, you see the popular kids. As soon as you get down on the other end of that ramp, doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter at all anymore. And I know I see the adults shaking their heads like, yeah, that's so true. Any adults um, have Facebook friends that you thought were the popular kid in high school and still, still keep up with them? Yeah? Kind of peaked out there, didn't they? Yeah? 
Yeah, how about your valedictorian? How are they doing? Yeah, I heard a, heard a radio show where a guy was talking about the valedictorian at his in his class, and he was nice enough not to say his name, but he said, "Yeah, I saw him at the store the other day. He was stocking eggs in the back." Oh my goodness! So not that that's a bad job, but you know, valedictorian, it would aimed a little bit higher than that. Um, so, students, young people, I'm telling you, it just doesn't matter anymore once you get past that certain spot. Um, once you walk across that stage, whoever's popular just doesn't matter. So why worry about it? Why worry about what people think? Um, so let's look at First um, Thessalonians 2, 4 through 6. This talks about the uh, opinions of man. First, Thessalon First Thessalonians 2, 4 through 6. It says, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get money. As for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. Um, so Paul's just very clear here. Um, don't worry about what other people think. Don't, don't hold their opinions higher than God's. Um, what matters most is who God made you to be. That you were living up to that, you're living up to his standards, um, and and that you're just being true to yourself in who he's made you to be. Um, don't don't change for any other person. Don't change for anybody. Um, find find your people. Find the people that you connect with, and that's all that matters. And and in the show, in Ned's Declassified, he's that's something that they walk into the cafeteria, and he's like, if you're sitting with your friends, you are sitting at the cool table. <laughs> that's what he says. Um, you know, as long as you're with your people. Um, what else matters? If you are following God and you have found your people, the opinions of others are 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 irrelevant after that point. Um, Galatians one ten, Paul here again reminds us: if people pleasing were my goal, uh, I would not be Christ's servant. If people pleasing were my goal, I, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. Um, and then I just love this quote uh, as well. Um, there's an amazing documentary on Hulu about. Um, how contemporary Christian music kind of got its start. Um, there's a guy named Kirk Franklin. He's a, a more of a black gospel type singer, but he's amazing. Um, and he has this quote right here that really stood out to me from that. It says, if they don't have nail prints in their hands or scars on their foreheads, you owe them no explanation. Isn't that good? If they don't have nail prints in their hands or scars on their forehead, you owe them no explanation. If they are not Jesus Christ himself, you don't owe them anything. Now, the flip side of that is we do owe Jesus everything. So let's live accordingly to that as well. But otherwise, we owe them nothing. Um, so, moving forward. Charge up every day. It's okay to not feel ready. Dress to impress. Trying to be popular isn't worth the hassle. And then, very last tip for us this morning um, is do whatever you have to to stay awake. <laughs> Do whatever you have to to stay awake. And this is another one that I stole straight from the show. It's just too good. Um, whatever it takes to stay awake. I am not a morning person at all. Um, I think I maybe took one 8 a.m. class in college, and I said, never again. Uh, there, was, there was one class I had to get to. I don't remember if it was 8 or 9 a.m., but I had to get there super early. The, the room, I don't know if you all remember this, Lee, but the room was literally called, I think it was in the vest building. It was called the black box. We, we called it the black box. You walked in. It was... It was um, uh, not arena style. What am I trying to say? Huh? 
you know, uh, like a uh, lecture hall. Yeah, lecture hall. It wasn't a classroom setting. It was a lecture hall setting. And you walk in, and um, it's literally a, a black box. Every single wall and the ceiling is blacked out. They had windows, but they had put, like, felt boxes up in them completely blacked out. And that was my first class of the day. And it was so warm. It was upstairs in this in the one of the oldest buildings on campus. It was warm and toasty. And I would get in there, and I would just kind of nestle down in my seat. And the subject was about um, cross-cultural experiences and getting us ready to go overseas. Probably pertinent information for me to know, since that was a requirement of mine, but just so, so hard to, to stay awake in that class. Um, so here are some tips to how to stay awake, whether it's at your job, at school, uh, chew gum, drink coffee. I did not drink coffee hardly all until I got to college, and then I just was sucking it down. I mean, it became part of my everyday. If it wasn't, I never would have gotten through college, probably. I, I barely made it through as it was. Eat a good breakfast. Get plenty of sleep. Uh, and sit at the front of the class. Studies show, and I know I know we don't like to hear this. I know. I know, guys. We like to be cool kids, back of the class, you know. But if you sit at the front of the class, uh, studies show that you are much more likely to pay attention. You're not distracted. You're not doing this under the desk looking at your phone. You know, you're much more engaged. You've got the teacher's attention, um, and so it's just better. It'll help you stay awake. Um, and then Matthew 13, 24 through 30 spiritual um, application for this about falling asleep do whatever you have to do to stay awake jesus tells this parable uh, about a man who uh, a few men watchmen who fell asleep on the job this parable says this uh here's another story jesus told the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field that night as the workers slept his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked. No, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them to put the wheat in the barn. And so, of course, Jesus has a much deeper than surface level uh, meaning for, for this parable that he's telling, as, as he always does. Um, and what he's talking about here is, is the future of the world, the kingdom of God in the end of days, sorting out between the wheat and the chaff, the wheat and the weeds. Um, but here's what I found super interesting. Um, as these men who were supposed to be up, they were supposed to be awake, but they had fallen asleep. And we hear this terminology, Paul uses this terminology, that, that people that were once awake, believers, followers of the faith, have now fallen asleep. Um, and I get that imagery here, that these men were supposed to be on guard, on, guard um, on watch, and yet they have fallen asleep. So an enemy slips in, uh, plants weeds. Uh, but here's what I found really interesting was the wheat versus the tares, T-A-R-E-S, wheat versus tares. Look how similar these are. This is what blew my mind, is that these, this is what Jesus is comparing here, is the wheat and the weeds. Um, and so this is why he's saying, no, the, the, the owner, the, the farmer saying, no, don't try to get, ev- get the, wheat, uh, the, the weeds out of the wheat right now, because you won't be able to tell the difference. They look the same right now. You, you won't be able to distinguish between the wait until the harvest, and at that time, 
will be able to distinguish because when they bud, they look much differently. This is how this, this happens in nature. Um, and so I just thought that was super interesting that they look almost identical until it's time for the harvest to come. Um, and I just get this image of those of us that are awake spiritually and, and those of us when we get into a spot where maybe we've fallen asleep spiritually. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the two from the outside, somebody on the outside looking in, someone who is fully alive, fully in the kingdom, or has is slipping away. Um, but Jesus says, once the harvest comes, there will be a very clear distinction between these two things. So don't fall asleep. The enemy wants to sow things uh, that should not be in your life. He wants to bring weeds uh, into the wheat of your life where there, where there should be a, a plentiful harvest. Um, the enemy would love to come and destroy that. Um, so don't fall asleep. Uh, do whatever you have to to stay awake. Do whatever you have to uh, to stay awake. And, and I love this, this word. Do this with a tenacity. Do whatever you have to to stay awake. Do it with a tenacity, meaning, um, and this is kind of my collective definition from a bunch of different websites, but it's extreme persistence with a touch of stubbornness. You know, we normally think of stubbornness as a negative thing, but in this context, it's like, go after being awake. Go after Jesus. Go after your personal walk with so much tenacity that it's almost like you're stubborn about it. Like, no, nothing's going to pull me away from God today. I have to have my time with him. I made an appointment with God, and I'm keeping it. Be a little stubborn about your time with him. Um, so whether you are a grown adult, working a job every day, retired, if you're a student uh, going off to college, or you're starting, um, maybe you're just getting into summer. I know we're out for summer now, but starting a new grade, moving up. Um, go after God with this kind of tenacity. Um, find what works for you, too, and go after it. Um, I think something that maybe as uh, church as a whole, big, big C, church as a whole, that we haven't done well is we've just said, all right, everybody go home and read your Bibles and pray, and we'll see you next week. Uh, but we don't do a great job of exploring just all the ways that we can connect with our, with, with our Savior, with God, because he's made every single one of us individually so different with, with different um, interests and different passions, different temperaments. Um, so find what it is uh, that, that works with you uh, when you spend time with God. Find the time of day that works best for you. Find a place that works best for you. Um, and then just some examples of things. I know we say pray, read your Bible, but, but practically how can you walk this out? I don't think there's any just set in stone way to do those things. Um, maybe it's that you go for a walk. You enjoy reading. Uh, maybe you like to listen to audiobooks, and that helps you pay attention and focus more. Uh, journal through something. I know if, if I don't write something down, it's feel like it's clanging around in my head all day. So I've got to write stuff down to, to feel like I'm getting it. Um, maybe just put on some worship music. Um, you like to be out in nature, uh, walking around. Um, practicing silence was another one that I, that I saw. Practicing silence, and that's huge. Just being able to sit alone in a room uh, with God and, and just be in silence and being comfortable with that. Uh, maybe you feel the most fulfillment in your walk with God when you're serving others, or maybe you've got to do a deep dive into something um, scripturally, something that maybe God has already put a passion in you, um, and as you begin to do a deep dive and, and study and research, you just feel something ignite inside of you. That's amazing. That's good. Pursue that with tenacity. Um, God has made each of us unique, so we will each pursue him differently. Um, 
find what works and, and go after it with, with tenacity. Um, so that is it. Those are my, my five tips for today. Uh, God's Declassified Life Survival Guide. Charge up every day. It's okay to f- not feel ready. Dress to impress. Trying to be popular isn't worth the hassle. And then do whatever you have to uh, to stay awake. Um, so let me pray for us. Um, and then we're going to have a time of prayer over the graduates as well. Uh, well, we did that already, didn't we? You want to pray? All right. Amazing. So I'm going to pray and then you're going to pray? Okay. I'll pray over this and then we'll figure out what he's going to pray over. So as you can tell, we really thought thought this one through. It's a crazy day, y'all. It is a crazy day. All right. Uh, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this morning. Um, thank you for the changing of seasons. Thank you um, for the kids, the youth, um, 